0: It's unfortunate that, you know, the 24 hour news cycle um, is always on, and a lot of stuff is kind of fear based, I think, at the end of the day, and it it creates a reaction uh, against, you know, people's best intentions, too.
1: Welcome to the All Things Retirement Podcast. With certified financial planner, Anthony Alpha, here's your host, Ben Jordan. This is All Things Retirement. I'm Ben George. He's Anthony Alfo. He's a certified financial planner and founder at Cardinal Wealth Group. You'll find him online at cardinalwg.com, and you'll find his office there in Cherry Hill today. He's going to play the role of a financial doctor. I don't know if you ever thought about being a doctor or ever wanted to be a doctor when you grew up, Anthony, but today's your big day.
0: No, I, w- I would faint uh, immediately <laughs> at the at the sight of, of blood. My brother and sister are both uh, nurses, and uh, I could not do their job. So I think that's what makes the world go around, right? <laughs> just
1: You just didn't get that gene, did you?
0: Uh, no, I, I couldn't do that. That's, <laughs> uh, I, I just wouldn't want to be in a hospital every day and I'm probably too much of a germaphobe too. So I'm probably not the right person in, in there.
1: Yeah. And God bless all those people on the front lines that are taking Absolutely. care of us every day. I'm, I'm with you. I don't, I don't think I could do it every day, but I'm extremely grateful for those that do. Um, but what I mean by the financial doctor today is we're going to Those some symptoms, some financial symptoms that you might have or clients might have when they come in the office to visit with Anthony. And we're going to see if he can kind of spin up some kind of financial prescription for us to help us maybe ease our worries, ease our concerns, ease our issues. And uh, we'll do that today on the podcast. We'll also have a couple of mailbag questions later on, which you can always send in via the website, cardinalwg.com. So make sure you stay until the very end. We also put all of our podcasts up there. So if you missed any shows, want to go back and listen to some past conversations, you can find them all on the website. All right. So just what the financial doctor ordered, I'm going to throw some symptoms your way. I got four of them. Um, kind of touch on some, some, I guess, common concerns and worries that you might see in your office quite a bit. But let's say somebody comes in, maybe have a little bit of dizziness that's caused by that up and down, up and down volatility of the stock market. What do you, how do you help them with that?
0: That's a that's a common one for sure. Uh, almost like the common cold, right? Um, yeah. So you know we we gotta understand them from where they're coming from first, and and understand like from an empathetic standpoint, and and really listen. But also we gotta maybe if it's not a client of ours at this time, and they're coming into our office at first, let's. See what's underneath the hood, and we'll look at their investments and just set the right expectations and say you know the way that you' actually invested, this might be exactly what you would expect or or maybe it is you know outside of the norm, and it might be for a reason that we can trace and for other times it maybe it's not, so you know getting a sense of what the mix is and might be uh, right in line with it, but then also how they get set up this way to begin with and you know, why does it make sense to change it now? I understand that you are not feeling great about it. And it could just not be the account that's the issue. It could just be something else that's happening that's making them feel that way. So I think it's best to take a couple steps back and certainly look at the product or the investment itself, but also see if something else has changed out there in the the world or just in your own life. and, And then figure out how best way to make any adjustments if it makes sense. Sometimes people just need an arm put around them and you know, and say it's, it's all right and it, it's working just fine and it fits your risk profile um, and you just might be having an issue or maybe it does make sense to totally scrap it. So that's how I would typically go about it.
1: Okay. Well, I'm sure you've heard the expression paralysis by analysis. Well, that's our next symptom here. It's, it's when you, you, know, you have some paralysis in your financial decision-making process just because you feel like you got too many investment options to choose from, you just can't pick one.
0: Yeah. I think that that's uh, our industry at all, as can be overwhelming as a whole at times. And especially if you're putting like, we're not going to do this, uh, put some type of sales proposal with like a portfolio and have all these like alpha standard deviation, sharp ratio, all these numbers that the average person is really not going to um, understand. And I I don't think at the end of the day, it's necessarily there to help them overall. It's certainly important to understand certain numbers and and for us to relay it in terms that they can understand. And they're coming to you, I guess I'm the doctor in this this example, Mm -hmm. to fix whatever the issue is, provide them with the remedy. When I go to the doctor, they prescribe me something, I have a few questions I'm asking, but, you know... I couldn't even tell you what's in Tylenol, all right? I, it's just, this is what you need to take when you have a headache. So I think from our perspective, the best way to kind of go about it is that, you know, they're coming to us for a reason. Let's go through the process of, you know, whatever the goal is that we're trying or concern that we're trying to alleviate and narrow it down to the three or four or five or two best options, broadly speaking, and describe those in in terms that they can understand. And then from there, Understand what's the important criteria for them to be able to make a decision. So it could be, you know, I want to make sure cost is low, or I don't want it to be actively managed, or I don't want it to be a company that I don't know. I mean, everyone has different criteria that, you know, I want somebody with a long track record. I don't want anything new. I mean, it, it just, you, know, you have to ask those types of questions. But that's just going to help us um, reduce down and keep reducing it so that we can get it hopefully down to one or two. That makes the most sense. Sometimes it might be a blend of both options or, or it could be a blend of three options. But I think where people go wrong is putting some you know sales proposal in front of them with all these chaotic numbers. There might be a point where it does make sense, where that's the ultimate decision um, at the end. It's a given that whatever you're putting in front of them is something of a solution that's suitable and would work. But I think starting off from there, is where you can lose a lot of people and it becomes overwhelming. I try to really boil it down to and use a lot of analogies in terms of what they actually understand on an everyday basis and then kind of go from there. It's a tough one now, for sure.
1: Yeah, I can understand that. I mean, there's just so much out there that you can consume and, and research and study and um, and and honestly just not understand a lot of stuff that's out there too. It's just not super clear so just it's tough to make a decision sometimes but you know, that also kind of brings me to the next symptom um, in terms of it's too much to consume you know you might have somebody come in with with high levels of anxiety um, just from watching the news every day I mean even just the financial news even
0: absolutely i I think that that's something that's a ingrained by most people who are you know if we're meeting them and they're 50 55 or 60 i mean them watch if they watch news often it's it's ingrained and you know occasionally when uh i will have clients a couple throughout the year that i know that are glued to watching the financial news uh, looking at their account every single day when they come in i'll ask them you know how they you know they've been watching the, the accounts a lot or news a lot and every now and then i will have some that say, you know. Actually, I stopped checking my account every day. You know, I, I really trust everything that you're doing. And it is a nice thing to hear. But I just think that most people are not going to change that pattern. And when you think about it, it, it's really like almost nuts. And we're all, you know, I, I certainly watch the news each day. But if you spend an hour each day, that's like, you know, 30 hours a month. That's, you know, the equivalent of, uh, you know, 12 days or or like 24 uh waking hours, right? of of days that's it's just being wasted and nothing really changes, right? It's it's a lot of the same stuff that's going on. So it it's unfortunate that, you know, the 24-hour news cycle um is always on and a lot of stuff is kind of fear-based, I think at the end of the day and it and creates a reaction uh, against, you know, people's best intentions too. So I I think that it's something that we just want to understand somewhat and how much concern that they have around their account. Are they watching it every day? But if if you think about it, like a diversified investment, that's you're trying to get like a six percent rate of return at the end of each month. Maybe hopefully is up a half a percent. So I mean, there's a, a there's a ton of news every day on what's going on. The you know the S and P is up you know two percent. It's down two percent. Yeah, when it all washes out, you know, most of the time when it's a diversified account, it it might only be up half a percent at the end of the month. Was well, that really worth all the time to get sucked out of your day <laughs> I, and energy and and stuff like that? I'd say no, but it it's hard because money is so personable. It's I think hard sometimes to separate it.
1: It is, and it can you know it's obviously very emotional, and you can tie your emotions to that quite a bit. So that's why you want to check in. I'm, I'm guilty of that myself. I, I probably check accounts way more often than I should. And I, I try to uh, I try to pull myself away from time to time, but it, it can be difficult. And so I can understand that that aspect.
0: Yeah. I, I think a little bit about trying to, let's focus on things that we can control. You know, and that's why it goes back to planning. There's certainly the risk side that we can control and set the right expectations. And just to say, you know, if it is down two or three or four or five or 10% in a day, month or a year, it's not really out of the norm because of it's within the the um, expectation of this. So is that something that you're going to be okay with, right? And, and putting it in terms of not just percentages, but putting it in terms of dollars and cents, I think helps people understand it a little bit more. And I mean, the market at the end of the day does reward discipline. And it goes against our every intention inside of us. You know, that fight or flight, it, we're, we're emotional you know, human beings. Uh, we don't make rash decisions. And that's why so many people end up selling low and buying high ultimately. So it's, in some ways, the news does not help. And what they're talking about on Fox Business or CNBC is really not your portfolio most of the time either.
1: Mm-hmm. Very good point. All right, one more Symptom for you to diagnose for us, how about high blood pressure and I'm talking about uh some the the one that you might get from getting that anger when you think about some fat, bad financial advice you've received in the past and 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 I think we got, we've all been there right we've all looked back and said, man, that was a very bad decision I made based on what somebody told me
0: that's one that when we when I come across that. It's something I do want to spend some time on in the beginning, because if you felt like you were sold by somebody else, and it wasn't like rest upon you, like, there's certainly things where I look back and say, man, I wish it was a terrible decision. Why would I do that? And then there's other things where you look back and say, man, that person screwed me, right? And so if it's in the second category, that's something that we, you know, it might be so damaging that they we can never work together because if you feel that way and you're not going to be able to trust it's so damaged you're not going to be able to trust somebody going forward because ultimately you need to have give somebody at least some enough trust to be able to do something for you if you're not going to it's not something that you can start off with zero right trust to to get started and working with an advisor so um if it got to that point and it's unfortunate and and maybe there's some things that we can point them to. But if it's somebody who's like, I'm damaged, but I'm still, I know I need help. um, We really want to take good care and understand, you know, kind of what happened, empathize with that situation and figure out how we can make sure we can help build up some trust around that going forward. It's, It's unfortunate that there's been some bad actors that have really affected our industry as a whole and, um, you know, our, the trust that the average consumer has in uh, financial advisors. Uh, I definitely have felt that before, you know, showing up to a party. Oh, what do you do? You're funny. Oh, and then he rolled their eyes. You know, It's like, yeah, I know that there's not good ones, but there's yeah. plenty of good people that are giving good advice and, and really care about where you end up. But again, it just depends on how bad that bad advice is and where it stemmed from to see if you can actually have the opportunity to help people.
1: Yeah. Very good stuff. Well, you did a good job uh, acting as a financial doctor, Anthony. Kudos (laughs) to you. you. Uh, But if you do have questions, if you do want your portfolio, let's say, to be diagnosed, feel free to reach out to Anthony via the website cardinalwg.com. All right. We had a couple of people do that and uh, send us a couple of questions for the show. So I want to get to those before we get out of here today. Two came in. First one from Gabe I have our retirement savings spread out between my 401k, two IRAs, a Roth, and several mutual funds purchased with after tax dollars. Which account should I start withdrawing from first?
0: Well, Gabe, you know, common financial advice was always more or less to pull from the after tax dollar savings accounts first, and then usually the after tax mutual funds most of the time, and then the 401k IRAs would be next. And usually they want you to wait till like, you know, required minimum distributions, which is around 70, if you can hold off that long, because it'll keep growing tax deferred. And then lastly, the Roth. But we're seeing a lot of times that that is um, completely not the situation. And you really want to take a step back and look at all your income sources, including Social Security, if you have pension, part time work spouse work, spouses, um, social security, to really figure out what's the way that you can uh, find some, we'll say, tax e- equilibrium or or finding a way to to take advantage of some of the lower tax brackets that you might have at, at a certain time. If that's the case, you want to try to take advantage of it. And that might mean drawing from your 401k and IRA first and leaving the savings or mutual fund accounts alone. Uh, so, just gotta kinda look at all the income pieces that you have and and figure out what's the most optimal way and see if that kind of fits your own like vision and if you're okay with that. Cause I think for some people, you could tell them to say delay both social securities out to 70 and you're sixty-two years old, and you can take out you know a lot of your money in your 401ks and IRAs at a much lower tax bracket. Might not be something that's palatable for some people because they're like, I, I just can't see myself waiting to 70, to even if the math makes sense. So that's where the the customization and uh, is important to understand too.
1: Very good. Thanks for that question. Gabe, appreciate that. Karen has our last one today on the show. What's your opinion of all the robo-advisor stuff I've been hearing about? Is it something worth looking into?
0: Well, Karen, I I have... Uh, an acorn account, uh, which is a Robo advisor. Um, I have it as a way to take my leftover change from each transaction from my debit card and it takes the remainder and it puts it into the account and it invests it automatically without me thinking about it. I rarely ever look at the account um, and I think I do a, a weekly contribution uh, as well on top of that. So it's it's for that purpose, I think if it's a great thing and I think for, people just getting started off, it's a way for them to, you can set up an accountant like within minutes, which is amazing and fantastic. And I think that that can be a great option for some folks trying to get started. I I think though, where the lines start to blur a bit is when you maybe have um, a greater level of sophistication that you might want, customization, or just advice at the end of the day, you're not going to get customization or advice in, in a robo-advisor. And if if you want that human interaction in that in the cases of the robo, it's not there yet. I'm sure it's something that they're working on. Uh, but I, I think that just understanding where you're at in life and what you're looking for. It could just be an account that you want to have for some of your money. It just really depends. So I don't think there's inherently anything Totally wrong with it. But I think it's just a matter of what do you want in an advisor relationship at the end of the day. All
1: right. There you go, Karen. Thanks for the question. I encourage anyone to send a question in that you have for the show anything on your mind, thoughts, concerns, issues uh, to Anthony. com is the website. Also, you can call at 609 362 5512 is the number. And uh, we will be here again in a couple of weeks going through more financial conversations. So please subscribe to the show as well. Anthony, enjoyed it. Um, Again, uh, we appreciate all your insight and perspective on financial and retirement planning and uh, look forward to talking to you again soon.
0: Thanks again, Ben.